The biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. Dartmouth police arrested a New Bedford woman on outstanding warrants associated with drugs. While conducting a surveillance on November 21st, detectives arrested 36-year-old Crystal Irvin. During the course of Irvin's arrest, detectives located approximately 11 grams of crack cocaine concealed on her. In addition to the outstanding warrants, Irvin was also charged with possession with intent to distribute a Class B drug. A repeat gun offender from New Bedford has been sentenced to a state prison on more firearm charges. In 2022, police were dispatched to Rivet and County Streets for a reported altercation with a firearm. Moments later, police after conducted a vehicle stop on Roshan Gray on a Roshan Gray car where, calib- where a caliber was found on the seat during an investigative search. A loaded handgun was also tucked inside the framework of the center console. Gray pled guilty in Fall River Superior Court to indictments charging him with carrying an illegal firearm, subsequent offenses, and unlawful possession of ammunition. He has been sentenced to serve three to five years in state prison, Prior to this charge, Gray also served 18 months in county jail back in 2019 for possessing an illegal firearm. An Attleboro man has pled guilty to manslaughter and OUI charges for the death of a 36-year-old Teresa McNutt of Attleboro. On June 7, 2020, Norton police responded to Oak Street after receiving a 911 call about a single vehicle crash at around 3.51 p.m., Upon arrival, first responders found McNutt unconscious in the back seat of the vehicle that was being operated by 36-year-old Russell Stone. McNutt had suffered severe head trauma and was declared deceased at the scene. A police investigation later revealed several empty nip bottles in the vehicle. A blood test also showed Stone's alcohol level was twice more than the legal limit and that he allegedly was driving between... 151 miles per hour in a 30 miles per hour zone. Stone has been sentenced to serve five to seven years in state prison. And New Bedford firefighters were honored at the 34th Annual Firefighters of the Year Awards on Tuesday. More than 130 firefighters were recognized for their valiant efforts by Governor Maura Healy, State Marshal John Devine, and other officials. According to WPRI, New Bedford was awarded two group governor citations for meritorious conduct, and one officer also received a Medal of Valor. And in sports, your New England Patriots are going head-to-head against the New York Giants tomorrow at 1 p.m. Weather forecast, it is a cold day here in New Bedford. Temperatures about 31 degrees right now. It's going to be a cold night, too, with temperatures going into the, into the high 20s. But tomorrow, it's going to be 48 degrees and cloudy. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Back to Brian's Beat. Join the show by calling 508-996-0500. New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 WBSM. And uh, welcome back to Brian's Beat. I have been given more information in regards to uh, the staticky sound at AM 1420. And the information I have is that if you listen online or listen through the app or our FM signal, which is FM 99.5, you will get a clearer sound. 
I'm sorry if you uh, only have AM radio available to you, but um, we we have the technical people doing doing the job that they are assigned to do. So let's let's hope and pray if you can't if you can't budge off of AM fourteen twenty, but if you can, if you can, then all means. 99.5 FM, the WBSM app. And you can download the WBSM app simply by going to WBSM.com. Mass Inc. Mass Inc. did a poll at the end of October. Three out of every four respondent, actually a little bit more than that, but three out of every four respondent supports the state's right to shelter law. You know, that law that says if you are homeless and a family member or a a pregnant woman homeless, they're going to put you up somewhere on the uh, taxpayer's dollar. 76% of respondents support the state's right to shelter law. They are a little bit more divided on whether migrants should benefit. Migrants being folks from outside the state. Not only outside the state, but outside the country. 55% said they support it for migrants. Those that are even here illegally. 40% oppose. So, if we were... This spells out a lot right now. Again, this is only people responding to a Mass Inc. poll. It doesn't mean if we had a ballot question, this is how it would turn out. But what does it tell you? I don't think we should have the law. That's me. Some people say, well, yeah, we should have it but just for people here in the Commonwealth. And then there are others that say, well, anybody, according to this survey, 55% supported for anybody, 40% oppose. Now, I think that is 40% opposing allowing for anybody. And as I said at the beginning, 76%, like the law. I don't think there should be such a law on the books. I think that we as a people have gotten away from helping others because, well, quite frankly, we see somebody else taking care of it and we say, well, let them take care of it. Why should I worry about it? Next thing you know, your tax dollars are going willy boom, 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 and you don't know exactly why. Well, this is one of the reasons why. This is one of the reasons. It may not be the largest one, but you know what happens? Nickels and dimes make quarters, which make dollars. And the next thing you know, uh, you're you're running a a budget of 45 or 50 billion dollars. 508-996-0500. That's how you get on the program. Hello. Hey, Brian, down up in Stoughton. Down up in Stoughton. Ah, yes. No, this uh, free housing shelter. There's two problems with this. First off, in Massachusetts, because we're a constitutional republic, 
the government can only perform those actions that they are privileged to do so, and it has to be in writing. And as I read the Massachusetts Constitution, it doesn't say anything about the right of redistributing taxpayer dollars from one person to another person as a right. The second point being is that what they're doing is they're diminishing the right of taxpayers to the money they've earned to create a right for somebody else. And, and again, that's nowhere in the Constitution, nor anywhere did the framers of this nation consider a constitutional republic where you diminish the rights of one person to create a right for somebody else. So I'm just bonkers here. What do you think? Oh, I was down that road before. So I, I, I would agree with you. Uh, as I said, I've, I, I'm against uh, the, this right to shelter law. Uh, again, no offense to I'm I'm, I'm going to bring it really home and tight for you right here. Nothing against even a homeless veteran who wasn't taken care of by the military. If that homeless veteran happens to live in Massachusetts, I don't think that we should be sheltering even that person. I think that I can help that person uh, out of my own pocket. Uh, if it's somebody I know, maybe I can let him or her stay in, in my house. But I don't think that we should just be throwing this fund together for anybody and everybody. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I bring up the point. Have you ever heard of LBJ's War on Poverty from 1964? Absolutely. Where, where taxpayer money was taken away from taxpayers to, quote, help poor people. And somehow, once you did this, the poor people were all to disappear. And I'll be darned, Brian, we're still fighting the war on poverty 60 years later. It seems like it's a failed program, but we keep funding it. Oh, 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 no, 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 we don't. No, no, it is not a failed program. It is a program that has expanded, quadrupled on top of the quadruple. The folks that were real poor people back then, well, it, it's all means tested now. And so you've got more and more and more people that now qualify for the program. That is a rousing success program for the federal Whoa. government. Whoa. Whoa. I thought a program, I, I thought when you did something, you solved a problem. So the problem went away. No, the prop, that's not ah. supposed to go away. It's supposed ah, to expand. Okay, that's right. There we go. It's that's supposed right. yeah. to expand. I'm, yeah, you were also talking about the colleges giving away free abortion. And I guess they're doing that so they don't have to give uh, tax cuts to people who raise children so they can give that money to illegal immigrants instead. I don't know. Me I, either. Look, I, I mean, you know what? I, I, aren't, aren't, the, aren't these people, if they're going to college, aren't they smart enough? Aren't they smart enough to figure out, uh, go down street or go over to this town? Why all of a sudden do we have to have it on the college campus? No, Brian, if you're smart enough to go to college, aren't you smart enough not to get pregnant? Why are they well, using no, abortion? Well, no, that's not true. I mean, control. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to take it that far. But they certainly should be smart enough to, if they want to uh, terminate the, the pregnancy, how to find out how to do it. One would imagine so. But, I mean, evidently the government thinks that everybody's too stupid to think for themselves. So we have to redistribute taxpayer money from people who earned it to help stupid people who can't help themselves. I got I you. There you go. Uh, there's, a, there's a turkey gobble for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Every day, Brian, I wake up more confused than the day before. I, you know, isn't that troubling? 
Isn't it troubling? Oh, it is. It is scary. It is scary. And I, I don't see where uh, people today, they're just throwing up their hands. They do not see an American dream anymore, Brian. An American? What is that? That's where you take and able to work and keep your money and buy stuff and get ahead in life. But everybody feels like they're falling behind. Huh. Yeah. American dream. How about that? It sounds like a song. Hmm. Bye bye, Miss American Dream. No, that was a different <laughs> Sounds one. Sounds good enough. That's that's American Pie. Oh, I got the Pie and Dream confused. Here. American Pie. That must be Apple then. Love them apples. <laughs> oh. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Brian. I do appreciate right. it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you get onto the program today. If you did not hear this, excuse me. 76% of people responding to a Mass Inc. poll that was taken at the end of October. 76% of them support the state's right to shelter law. When, a, when you break it down as to whether the migrants uh, that are coming in from outside of the United States should benefit. Only 55%. Support it. But 55% is still one person, a lot more than one person, over 50%. So if we were to have a vote on it here in the Commonwealth, the right to shelter law and providing that shelter for illegals would be on the books. And I have to ask the question, and I'm before I even ask it, I'm just going to tell you, I am absolutely against it. Absolutely against it. But what about you? How does it make you feel knowing that, at least according to the survey, and you can say, well, a poll here, poll there, you don't know what to believe about a poll, but this particular poll says that 55% of Massachusetts residents, I'm not sure if they're all Massachusetts voters or not, but Massachusetts residents are okay with your tax dollars and their tax dollars supporting folks from outside the country getting sheltered here in Massachusetts. How does that make you feel? Well, if you are thinking about saving money for college, well, some of that money that you would be using to save for college is going into this shelter program. We brought up uh, th this whole idea of an abortion program at the state colleges and universities. In fact, the Department of Public Health is recommending that the, the schools go out and become a part of this network, this, this association, a trade association dealing with abortion. Now, I'm, I'm not here to, to go pro-con or, or pro-pro when it deals with abortion. 
But just to think that there is a trade, a, a national trade association that the Department of Public Health is recommending, recommending that these schools become a part of if they want to then get into doing abortion services on campus. I mean, that to me, that is really out there. It could just be me. And, and I guess I have to get it. I know I'm a guy. So maybe this doesn't hit home as it might for a woman. But to me, it seems like nothing more than a convenience to have it on campus. By the way, not having any idea how much this would cost the taxpayer or the person who was saving for college and spending their their hard-earned money for college. Is there a chance a program like this expands? Is there a chance a program like this invites even even the folks that don't go to that school to avail themselves of abortion services, of getting the abortion pill? I don't even know how much an abortion pill costs. But it is my guess that the... these schools will get the hometown discount? Do they turn around and charge the students? Do they turn around and charge folks that come in from off the campus? Is this a road we really want to go down? 508-996-0500. That's how you get on Brian's Beat today. You know it, and I know it. The biggest problem most people have with prescription drugs is cost. If your family is paying more than $30 per month for meds, you could do better. Since my stroke, I swallow all kinds of pills, which means there's enough money coming out of my pocket in co-pays that Walgreens could pay their electricity bill. With my new plan... I get the same meds for one small monthly pharmacy fee. There are a couple of options for you. Do nothing and keep making those co-pays or do like me and thousands of others and pay one time for all of your meds. You know your situation better than anyone. If you'd like to find out how it all works, go to monthlyfeepharmacy.com. 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 Welcome back. 508-996-0500 is how you get on to Brian's Beat today. A couple of things that we are, well, three things if you want to include uh, during during our number one where we were talking about the, the swap meet that's going on between Israel and Hamas. Why do I call it a swap meet? Well, Hamas today is supposed to release 14 hostages, Israel 42 of their prisoners slash detainees. And you might be saying, well, that's three for one. How come it's so lopsided? Well, for one, Israel has a lot more people than Hamas behind bars, and they're not all prisoners. One of the reasons Hamas staged 
uh, the kidnappings and hostage uh, taking is so that they could work on a, a swap program like they have going on right now. And by the way, I think we can all remember from the different times that we saw BB on the TV uh, saying how there would never be a ceasefire. Well, this is day two of the ceasefire. And I I think somewhere in there, there was going to be a statement about there would be no uh, hostage negotiation or no ceasefire until the hostages were released. You size it up whatever way that you would like to, but this is what's happening. It may be different than than what you expected, let's say, a week or two or three weeks or, or 45 days ago. But as we look at today's date, which is what, November 25th, this is what's happening. A three-for-one swap is, is underway. I know a lot of people don't think that's a, a fair swap, but I wasn't at the ne- negotiating table. Were you? This is what they, they figured out. Was the Biden administration there? I bet that they were overhearing. I'm not quite sure how much they were really involved in what's going on. You listen to President Biden, and he's been fairly one-sided over the past few days. In fact, since October 8th, he has been uh, lopsided in his statements. He doesn't trust Hamas. I'm not sure that I trust Hamas. I know I don't trust Israel. And you listen to me enough to know that I don't necessarily trust our own government. So if, if, if I'm not too trusting of our government, local, state, and federal, why would I be trusting Israel? Why would I be trusting Hamas? I think Hamas has something to fight for. I think Israel has something to fight for. There was one line that I heard um, former weapons inspector Scott Ritter, former U.S. Marine. He stated that he was having a conversation with an Israeli general. And the Israeli general said something that really caught me by surprise. And I think it caught Scott Ritter by surprise, may or may not catch you by surprise. He said, you know, we should have taken, we being Israel, should have taken the option of Madagascar over where we ended up. And I just kind of shook my head and I said, Madagascar? Apparently, apparently back when the British and the United States were trying to solve the Israeli or Jewish problem, the Holocaust problem, Madagascar was an option. Can you imagine if Madagascar was the, was the place of choice? Would a lot of folks be looking to move there? I hear it's sunny. It is an island. Might be a little bit more peaceful. Let's go over to Studio 6 and 7 eights. That's where Adam has our Bad Bass update. Thank you, Brian. Here are some of the national stories we're following. 
A third woman has accused rapper Sean Diddy Combs of sexual assault. NBC reports that the woman in question alleged Combs and the R&B singer Aaron Hall assaulted her and her friend at Hall's apartment in 1990 or 1991. According to a lawsuit filed Thursday in New York Supreme Court, the alleged assault followed an event at the offices of MCA Records. This is the third person who has accused Combs of sexual assault over the past month. President Biden says he is hopeful about a ceasefire in Gaza continuing for more than four days. Speaking to reporters in Nantucket, Biden said the exchange of Israeli hostages kidnapped by Hamas was a good first step and that he hopes to continue the trade for hostages for ceasefire time. Biden also expressed support for a two-state solution at the event and said Hamas, quote, did not give a damn about Palestinians in Gaza. Derek Chauvin, the police officer convicted in the murder of George Floyd, has been stabbed in prison on Friday. The Associated Press reports that Chauvin was assaulted by an inmate at the Tucson facility that currently holds him. The Bureau said in a release that no employees were injured during that incident, and Chauvin is currently in stable condition and recovering. He's expected to return back to prison soon. Russia launched a massive drone attack on Ukraine on Saturday, one of the largest drone attacks that has occurred between the two countries since 2022. CNN reports Ukraine air defenses intercepted 71 of the drones, with the vast majority of them being in the Kiev region. According to Ukrainian officials, this is the fourth drone attack this month. And gas prices throughout the U.S. keep dropping, dropping, dropping. The average price of gas is $3.27 a gallon, according to Forbes. Texas currently has the lowest average at $2.70 a gallon, but California has the highest average at $4.90. Meanwhile, here in Massachusetts, the average cost of gas is $3.40 a gallon. And speaking of Massachusetts, in sports, New England Patriots are going up against the New York Giants tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Weather forecast right now, it is currently sunny in New Bedford. Temperatures are currently at 31 degrees. Going to be a cool day for the rest of the day today with temperatures in the, in the lower 30s. Tonight, it's going to be a cloudy night. Temperatures in 27 degrees. But tomorrow's forecast, some sun, but then turning cloudy. Temperatures reaching 48 degrees. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM. And get breaking news alerts and podcasts with WBSM app. Back to Brian's Beat. Join the show by calling 508-996-0500. New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 WBSM. Welcome back. Before we continue, I do want to let you know we've got this beautiful elegant WBSM app. And if you are used to listening to us at AM 1420 and you're getting some of that staticky sound today, that would be a good reason to download the WBSM app. You can go to WBSM.com to do so. And I want to thank the great folks over at South Coast Towing for making the app available. That stated... I have been told such as to believe even today that our sound is crystal clear. And I've got to tell you, wherever I'm driving, if I'm listening to WBSM through the app, I, I connect it into the car. And I mean, it just sounds great. And I, I, 
you know, I don't have to be in this. I can be down Cape. I can be up in in the Worcester area. I can be in Rhode Island, and I'm getting WBSM in clear as a bell. Follow all all of the shows. So you can do the same thing. Go to WBSM.com and just click on where it says download the app. You can do the the Apple version, iTunes, or you can do the Google Play Store to to download the app. 508-996-0500 is how you get onto the program today. I was remarking uh, shortly before the news about a poll that was taken by Mass Inc. at the end of October. This poll found that 76% of their respondents support the state's right to shelter law. You know, the big controversial law right now that when it came on the books 40 years ago, it was not intended for folks that were migrating into Massachusetts from outside of the country. For that matter, it wasn't really meant for folks migrating into Massachusetts from from another state. But as we see right now, since Governor Healy uh, went down to the Mexican border and you know, said, said, you know, go this way, look for the, the state that has the, the funny looking hook. And that's where we are. We've got this right to shelter law. I don't know how many folks uh, that have migrated to Massachusetts even know about that. But the idea that she did it and now all of a sudden is crying foul to the federal government saying, well, we need more money. We need more support. We, we need these folks to be able to work. They need the whatever work permit in order to do that. Well, Governor, were you thinking of that as an intended or unintended consequence of your trip? Be that as it may, 76% of respondents support the right to shelter law. What would you like to say to them? I know what I would say to them. Law shouldn't be on the books. Let's just take it off the books right now. But, you know, here's the problem. Major problem. I've stated it numerous times. It seems to fall on deaf ears. But I'm going to state it again because maybe, just maybe, somebody will will rev up their motor tail and, and take us down this road to maybe Primrose Lane. But here it is. You can't count on Beacon Hill lawmakers to get rid of this law. So it's going to have to come from the me's and you's. We're going to have to come up with a, I guess it would be a referendum. Sad reality is we can't do a statewide referendum for 2024. The earliest we could get it on the ballot now would be 2026. But somehow, in my mind, better late than never. Because Beacon Hill lawmakers aren't going to move on it. And right now, they don't have to. They don't have to because the fear of retribution really isn't there. What do I mean by that? They're not really worried about being knocked out of office in 2024. 
They're not worried about it. I I have been reading that the Republicans believe that this particular issue is going to give them a leg up in the 2024 election. I think that there'll be people that will vote Republican based on this issue. But do I think it's going to be enough to change the tide? I do not. I do not. Why? Well, just looking at the respondents here, 76% of respondents support the right to shelter law. That's three quarters of the people. You know, how many live, how many die from that 76%? I don't know. Will there be a big changeover as far as as what happens within the state law to, to make people change their mind? Again, I don't know. I don't believe that that 76% is going to drop 25, excuse me, even more than that, um, 27 or more points to change the tide here in the state. But still, at least if we vote on it, at least if we vote on it, we at least will know how the people feel. And I think that's important. We need to know how everybody feels on on this particular law. Look, if the folks can make it here and they don't need uh, taxpayer-supported benefits and they can get a job and fend for themselves, I'm for it. I'm for it. Let, let them try to make good. 508-996-0500. That's how you get onto the program today. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm winging. Uh, you know, the Democrats... We're the uh, the home of the brave and the land of the free. The Democrats want us to be the home of the afraid and the land of the enslaved. They want to give you all these benefits and they want to tax you uh, out of your livelihood. And uh, doesn't everybody see that we're living under a socialist government, and both federal and state? When are people going to wake up? This is not uh, the America of years ago. These Democrats... They're socialists, communists. Do you, do you think it's only the, so, I, the, the socialists, the Democrats? I mean, I see it on both sides. I see it within both parties. Well, in Europe, the Democrats uh, in Europe are socialists, the Socialist Democratic Party. And, and, they, and they say it outright in public. I mean, they got but over that's 10 Europe. different I'm telling, parties. Look, we're, we're here. Yeah, well, you know that here in the United States, if they put Socialist Democrat, they're not going to get elected. If they put communists, they're not going to get elected. And that's what they're doing. All these programs for everybody. And while you work hard, you're living and toiling, and then uh, you lose it all. And they're going to help you. Of course they ain't going to help you. And well, what, what, help okay, people. but what about, the, what about the Republicans? What are they doing? How are well, they changing the Republic, things? Uh, the Republicans are helping their fat cat friends I'll get richer. So how does so so, so neither party, neither major party, is doing anything to help the us and me's, the taxpayer? Of course not, because both parties are private. They're private corporations. They they all both sides are representing special interest groups. They're not representing us. Just look around and see our city. We don't even have money to pay the bills. Our city is on the verge of liquidation. 
and all we're doing is getting paid more in water and sewer, and they're cutting here and cutting there, and got no money. Uh, mm. That's where America's going broke. Uh, when are people going to smarten up? I don't know, man. Thank you for your call. I do appreciate it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you get onto the show. Hello. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to know where us, where are we going to go if there's a disaster? There's no shelters for the Americans. Yeah, well, I, I think the shelters are there. They're just occupied. They're occupied. Yeah. I, but look, I, if I'm, I'm a you, veteran. I'm not you. But um, if if I were you, I would be thinking about uh, how how the hell are you going to get out of here? Right. But if it if it happens quick, something happens quick. We have nowhere to go because all the uh, all the you know the uh, all, all the spaces are, are taken. Are gone. Yeah, they're well, taken. Yeah. They're taken by illegal. So what do what do we do? I'd like to answer that. I'd you, like you, an answer you, you to get that on what they call the waiting list. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I, I, uh, that, I that, what that's what they have, the waiting list. You know, I guess we could take you to Mass and Cass. You can, <laughs> you, you can, you can be in the South End, uh, Roxbury area, you know, just toiling out there in the streets. Little fentanyl here, no, little fentanyl there. we don't there. want that. Well... I mean, what, what do you think it's going to come down to? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. We're, we got a big problem on our hands, that's for sure. And uh, this president isn't doing anything. Well, what, what do you want this president to do? I mean, this is a Massachusetts problem. Do you, you know, if the president is going to do something, he's going to give Maura Healy more money. I don't see how that's going to help you. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, Thank I'm you, wrong. Sir. Did I lose you? Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the call. 508-996-0500 is how you get onto the program. Hello. What's going on, Brian? Just winging and wanging, man. Sweet, man. Yeah. Uh, Got that turkey yeah. still sloshing around inside me. <laughs> that that's a lot of turkey. It's you know seventy two hour turkey. Hey, yeah, not that thing. Just call me Avis, bit. man. We try harder. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> How can I help thee? Um, so you said let let the uh, illegals kind of just stay here and vote and get everything. I, whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't say anything up. about vote. <laughs> well. Eventually, that'll happen. Well, okay, but, please, but you tied that into me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my fault. So you want them to be able to work, not vote, work and, and be able to come here uh, and pretty much assimilate, hopefully assimilate, to, to this entire area. Um, uh, not only area, but country, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we have to really look at it. It's, it's not really the entire country in regards to the current crisis. It's, it's select uh, cities or at least select states anyways, because I don't hear this problem being in, in like Nebraska, Utah, Montana, Louisiana, or any places like that. The select states. Um, this is, this is going to harm the labor market. 
right? So we're going to have a lot of people with very minimal skill, which will drive down the wages of Americans that are here. Union workers, non-union workers alike, they're all going to get dri- the, the wages are going to be driven down. That's not something that we need in this area. So no, I don't want to be well, competing I against know. somebody. I, I, I'm not talking about whether wages should be driven down or not, but if wages well, come down, then, then prices be. will also come down or should come down in order to to uh, meet that lack of demand. Oh, correct. Yes, you're 100% correct. Right now we have a lot of um, what they call wage inflation. And, sure do. You know, a lot of people in the middle class and, you know, that are making thirty five, forty five, fifty five thousand dollars $55,000, they don't want to give up, you know, 10% of their income by having illegal immigrants come in here and flood the, flood the market with cheap labor. So yeah, it's interesting that you, that you, you phrase it the way. And to be honest with you, I, I was yeah. thinking the exact same thing. Uh, so I, I, I know how you feel when you say that, but over the past week or so, maybe a little bit longer, I've had a couple of conversations. One uh, woman friend, um, her family before her time, uh, so I guess grandparents, they came over in the Holocaust wave uh, of folks. And they had to take menial jobs, but then they worked their, their way up to her father actually owning a business in New Bedford. So... Uh, it, that that's one story there. My youngest son's girlfriend, she made her way over here from Haiti, left her parents behind, made her way here, went through the uh, school system and is now a, a thriving nurse. So I, yep. I, I say this, you know, the United States of America is supposed to be that land of opportunity. We seem to be more willing to knock people down from trying to get that opportunity. And that's what really irks me. No, 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 absolutely not. So what I'm trying to say is that there's obviously a supply and demand issue in the economy. You understand that. Yep. But when we potentially exponentially increase the supply of labor beyond what is needed, that's when you have a detrimental effect to the economy. Now, when we allow people in and it's a quota and it's measured and it's, and it's a system, that's when we can sustain our, our growth as well as our wage growth, right? So we want to increase our wages right around where inflation is around 2% normally, normal times. When you flood like we have now with illegal immigrants and a lot more than normal, more than normal times of, of menial job, low, uh, low skilled workers, you're going to drastically, we're going to have deflation in the wages. You see that this isn't normal times, right? When my grandfather came in and when, when you had a wave of immigrants come in, this, that was still measured. That was still uh, a system where we could maintain things. This is a crisis where we have an increase in, in, in exponential increase of unskilled labor, which will decrease our wages more than we can handle. And that economically that won't work. I'm all for, I'm all for immigration, but in a measured way where it doesn't affect 
and drive down the the wages of, of yeah, American I, workers I, that yeah, are already and here. And I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, the problem concern that I have with that, and I do appreciate your call, is that who makes that decision over what what is the measured way to do it and what is not a good way to do it. And and I I have lived in this country long enough to know uh, who usually ends up getting the butt of of those type of uh, deals. Uh, but yeah, you, you're you're right. Here's the other thing. And I think this is huge. I asked this as a question several weeks ago. Because we have such a need for people to fill positions, do we want those that are here illegally to take these jobs? Or would you prefer artificial intelligence to take those jobs? Tom. 